Hey, what an awesome celebration that Jesus Christ is risen, he rules in our hearts, and he sits on that throne in heaven. Amen? Amen. We are such a blessed people, and we celebrated that this weekend with Thanksgiving family and friends, no doubt. You had as much pie to eat it as I had, so none of us need to feel guilty. Let's just all commiserate together. It was a great weekend, though, to be together with family, and some of us traveled, some of us stayed home. But what a joy it is to be back together this morning to celebrate our risen Savior as the family of God. We want to say welcome to our guests that are here today. Thank you for joining us, being a part of our time together. Uh, we would hope that if you're looking for a church home, man, you might consider Crosspoint as being that place you could call home and share your gift set with us in order to help tell that story of Jesus Christ, that incredible story that the world so desperately needs to hear. We'd love to have you as part of our family, but thank you again for being here today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 12 this morning, and I hope you've got your Bibles. We'll turn with me there. We'll be there in a few moments. All of our texts that we'll look at today are going to be on the screen, uh, and so we hope that, uh, that you'll turn with us in Scripture, make, make uh, ready to uh, underline some things, circle some things that are going to be important as we continue and finalize this series uh, today called Making Space at the Table. Now, this world is all about me, not me, but each and every person, right? They're kind of selfish, prideful in a way. And no doubt, I'm guessing that you took some pictures this week. And raise your hand if you took a selfie with somebody. Raise your hand. Nice and high. Some of us are reluctant. They're kind of like this. Well, this morning, I want to kind of join in with that. And we're going to take a selfie together this morning. I hope that's okay with you guys. So what I need to do, when, when I get to your section, we're just, I'm sorry, wings. We're only going to do these two sections. But um, when I get there, I want you to raise your hand, wave at the picture, act like you're happy to be here this morning as part of family, okay? Let's do that together. One, two, three. And this side, too. One, two, three. Oh, that crumb family, they're crazy. <laughs> no, we are super pumped that you're here today as we dig into this last series. We're going we're gonna to kind of peel back some layers on a story that Jesus told to, to be reminded that individualism is not how we're called to live. I mean, as we take a look at unpacking that very idea, what is individualism? And it's this idea, there's a high focus on yourself rather than other people. A high focus on yourself rather than other people. And what we're going to discover through God's Word today is that we're called to live in community. We're called to journey together. It's not about you doing this solo act, but it's about us being together in Christ Jesus. Now, there is a difference between individualism and your identity. There's two different things there because you and I are created in very unique and special ways. Some of us have a head of hair. Others of us don't have any hair. Some of us root for one team and others another team. Some of us like a certain kind of pie, others not. Uh, some of us have a certain skin color or come from a, a different nation of origin than maybe someone else. Those are how we're created. Nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But when you make a, a decision to seclude yourself... To, to be different, just to kind of do this solo act where you're really only concerned about you. Scripture has something to say about that. Individualism is really this concept, this mindset idea where you kind of push down the idea of the divine and your need for the divine and elevate yourself. 
We have gone through this series, and believe it or not, today is the seventh week in this series, but we started out a few weeks ago with Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, and he was talking about how we're all one in Christ, that we're all created the same in Christ, that we're all equally called to the table of God. It's not our table. It belongs to God, and you and I don't get to make the guest list for who gets to come to the table. No, we're part of that process and that community that God's called us into. And so we unpacked week by week some different things that maybe some of us struggle with in this room. We talked a little bit about racism. We talked about classism and where you fall on the tax bracket. We talked about genderism. We talked about the, the country of origin on our mission Sunday, where you come from. We talked about last week gathering around the Lord's table, the communion that we share in Christ. And today we're going to talk about individualism, which really is the root of all of those issues. This idea that I'm a little bit better than you, I know a little bit more than you, I've got a little bit more to offer than you, so why don't you just sit over there in your corner and I'll do my thing over here. That's not how God's called us to live in His Son, Jesus Christ, and we're going to continue to unpack that. When we make a decision to focus on community and how we're called to live in Christ, then you and I begin to to open up the doors for conversation For community, we begin pulling chairs back at the table, making space at the table. You may have never thought of this before, but but consider this church that the church is the only organization where someone who's not part of God's family can come in and see what real family is really all about, how we're created to be in Christ. And if you and I make a decision, To live on our own and not live in community, I will promise you no one else is inviting others to the table. That is the job of the church on earth, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. To to live out in such a way that we emulate and imitate him in every possible way. The story that Jesus tells us today in Luke chapter 12 is one, he's talking to a room full of Jewish people, and he's, he's reminding them of how we're called to live unselfishly under God's authority. That in Christ Jesus, things are a little different for us than the world. And Jesus tells this incredible story that we're going to pull kind of some of the layers back on to see what he's really talking about. And the story begins in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Then Jesus told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. And then he said, I know. I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. And then who will get everything you work for? Yes, A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Church, we're called to live in community. 
And we might look at this story and we might, we might see this guy and we think, this is a person stretching themselves. They're making some plans for the future. They're moving forward in, in kind of what they want to do on earth. Why are we going to badmouth this guy? And at first glance, I see it too. It's kind of how our culture and our nation has been built a good, strong work ethic. Dreaming of the future, some future planning along the way to be prepared. And I would say this morning that I believe God calls us to live a prepared life, to plan for the future, that we're called to live out life that way. But Jesus in his story says, you fool, tonight your life is going to be required of you. Now, don't misapply this story. Because it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be ambitious. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't plan for the future. It doesn't mean that we we can't have nice things. That's not what Jesus is saying. In the context of the parable, what Jesus is condemning is selfishness, not ambition. In Proverbs and other texts throughout Scripture, we see that God actually applauds people who dream, people who plan ahead. People who think about the future as long as it's in line with his plan and how he's called us to live. But this particular guy in our story, it's all about accumulation and coasting. He was in the take mode rather than the selfless mode. I mean, what's Jesus say at the very end of our story in verse 21? He says, the most important thing In all of life, the most important thing is a deep, rich, abiding relationship with God. It's not what you've got parked in the garage. It's not how big the bank account is. It's not the name you have on the door of your office. None of those things matter. They pale in comparison when you talk about your relationship with God is so incredibly important. And if you live life around the table, holding chairs in, making sure you're the only one front and center, you're the only one seated, it's going to be my way or the highway. When you live life like that, Jesus says there are going to be dire consequences along the way. If you live self, selfless, selfishly and just about myself, there are going to be issues along the way. And Jesus says in another text that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But this guy, he's got some different ideas in mind. And so the challenge for us this morning is to see through the word of God how we're called to live. From this day forward, not only because it's the holiday season, church, but but from this day forward in our own life, here is the challenge for you and for me. As Christ followers, be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your money. Be generous with your stuff. Do something for someone else. That's how we're called to live in Christ. Now, we're headed into the holiday season. No doubt many of you have already been shopping. And so the challenge, at least over the next few weeks, is going to be thinking along these lines. When you're out shopping and you you get to the front door of that store and you hear conversation behind you, open the door, let them go in first. 
When you're at the table and you're about to ask for the ticket from the meal that you just ate at the restaurant, maybe you tip 10, 12 percent. I'm going to encourage you, maybe tip 20. When you're at that red light, ease off the bumper of the guy in front of you just a little bit. You're not going to get there any faster by being two inches up. Do something for someone else, not just you. I mean, here at Crosspoint, that's the kind of culture that we want to emulate, how God's called us to live in His Son, Jesus Christ, in community, bearing one another's burdens, journeying with each other along the way. Our vision statement and our mission statement say those very things. Take a look at our vision statement. We are a faith-based community inclusive of all people, helping them develop spiritually, find meaningful relationships, and serve the community. That's what our church is all about. We want us to grow in Christ, but we journey together serving other people around us. And our mission statement isn't far behind, encapsulated on this banner over here behind the cross. Our mission is to help people come into a relationship with God, connect with each other through the love of Jesus Christ, and become all we can through the Spirit's guidance. That's on a great big banner out in our commons. We want this to be a body of Christ that truly does its very best to look like Jesus Christ each and every day. We are around the table together. No matter what you look like, where you come from, what you've done in your past, Jesus calls all of us to the table. The problem with the guy in our story in Luke chapter 12 is he's all about himself. He's just thinking about him. He is inwardly turned, not worried about connecting with other people around him. Let's revisit our story in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 17. Pay attention to the pronouns that are used in the story. What should I do? I don't have room for my crops. I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. The list goes on. This guy is just thinking about himself. What's in it for me, which is really what our culture is all about. But Jesus calls us out of culture, culture to live differently, to, to set a precedent for all those around us to say, I want to be a part of what's going on there. Those people seem to love one another. They seem to hang with each other. They help each other along life's way. And Jesus in his story is painting a picture for us to help us remove ourselves from this individualistic ideal. There's an actor by the name of Harry Lloyd, and I love his quote. He says, I thank God that I live in a country where dreams can come true, where failure seems sometimes is the first step to success, and where success is only another form of failure if we forget what our priorities should be. And Jesus reminds us that our priority is living in relationship with God and other people. We're called to live in community around the table. But this guy seems to be living the American dream, doesn't he, in Luke chapter 12? Upward mobility. He's got a strong work ethic. He's got an ambitious plan. But he forgets the most important thing along the way. He's living out of a selfish spirit. He's more focused on the man in the mirror than anything else. There's a biblical concept in God's Word that I know you have read before. I see it cover to cover, Old Testament and New Testament. You read story after story after story, and what you begin to pull out of those stories is this idea. Honor 
other people. Live for God and lift other people up. Encourage others. Help bear their burdens. Journey together. We're not walking alone. We're doing this thing together. But you and I battle. It's that song we just sang before today's message. We battle this idea of egocentrism. This idea of self. Making sure that number one is taken care of. We want to be the center of attention. Some of us believe that we are God's gift to earth. Others believe they are absolutely worthless. And the truth is we're somewhere in between. Know that none of us are gifted except for how God has gifted us. There are no self-made people. You are only gifted. You only can make that kind of money. You're only that creative and inventive because God allowed you to be that way. It is God's blessing that we have in our life, and so we give our life in thankfulness back to him. Paul, in his letters to the churches that he established and others that he did not get to go to, he warns about this very idea. One of my favorite chapters in all the New Testament is Romans chapter 12 where Paul is really calling us to live like Jesus Christ. And Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You and I are blessed and gifted because God has deemed it that way. What a blessing we have as the family of God coming together as people with different giftedness coming together to create the entire body of Christ right here at this particular location in this particular time period. Church, you and I are blessed to be right here right now. We're getting to do some really neat, cool things for the story of God. But there are a couple of things that will happen if we choose to isolate ourselves. If we choose to be the only one sitting at the table and the only one who's been invited, at least we think so, if we choose that kind of life, there are some things that will happen along the way. And one is this. Individualism destroys community. We will not have community. You take a look at the creation story all the way back at the front end of Genesis when God is creating the earth. And he says, as he talks about humankind, he says, let us, plural, Make man in our plural image. God already lived in community before the creation of the world. And so we're made in his image. We're we're made to be in community. So incredibly important for us to realize. And when we make a decision to live in community, there are three important things that energize us for life. One is the word of God. The church, if you're not in God's word every single day, shame on you. You should be. The word of God gives us a blueprint for life. It calls us and reminds us how we're called to live, how we interact with those around us. It talks about all kinds of things. Being in the word of God creates community among us to live out how God's called us to live in his son, Jesus Christ. The second way we're energized is through his Holy Spirit that lives within us. When we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, when we are baptized into his name and come up out of that water, a brand new creation, his Holy Spirit lives within us, and now we've got some supernatural power. We can overcome what Satan throws at us. 
because of his Holy Spirit living in us. And finally, we're energized by the body. That's us right here. When we come together, we find solace, we find encouragement. I, am, I long to be with you. I want to be with you. I get so pumped and excited. I mean, I could tell that. I get so pumped and excited when I'm with you every Sunday morning. What a blessing to be with other people who believe in a risen Savior. What a blessing to be with other people who want to make the world a better place. And we get that energy from God's Word, His Spirit, and being just together. I mean, you remember all the way back to the creation story again, Genesis 1 and 2. And after every single moment that God created something, He said, and it was good. Then he created Adam, and some time went down the pike, and he, he decided, you know, it is not good for Adam to be alone. And so he created Eve, because he knew his creation needed to be in community. We are called and created to be in community church. Individualism squelches Community and openness and connectedness and conversation, it makes us turn a blind eye to the real needs of others. And so it really poses the question, why are you and I so infatuated with ourselves? <laughs> I mean, not just on social media, but life in general. When we isolate ourselves it crushes vulnerability. It does away with discussion and openness, the collective mind thought of making everything better for the cause of Christ. When we're in community, we become more honest and open about the way life is supposed to be. I mean, you've had this moment happen for you and your family before. You're on your way to church on a Sunday morning. Everyone's in the car, kids in the back seat. About two miles out from the parking lot, the kids are at it in the back seat. They're not happy. And because the Keurig didn't work this morning, mom and dad aren't happy either. <laughs> I haven't had my caffeine. And there's some, some discussion, and it's just not a good, healthy feeling in the car this morning. But we're headed to church. We get to the parking lot. We get out. There's some frowns on the face, but another family pulls up. They get out of their car as well. Mom in the next car looks over at the car getting out, and she says, Good morning. How are you guys doing? And mom turns around and says, Blessed and thankful. <laughs> You've had that moment, right? Not being very honest, not being very open. But in the body, we're called to bear each other's burdens. We're called to journey together. We're, we're called to get involved in each other's lives, to help each other and encourage each other along the way. God wants us to live in community around the table, no matter where you've been, no matter what you look like, no matter what your skin color is or how big your bank account is, we're all called to the table of God. But when we don't live in community, individualism derails mission, the mission of the church. And our mission, church, is to connect people to Jesus Christ and connect other people to people. We're called to tell that story 
that wonderful, amazing story of what Jesus Christ has done for them and to pull them into the story. That's what the body of Christ does. Paul writes to this church in Corinth, a church that had a lot of troubles. They were divisive and going different directions, but Paul wants to remind them of who they are in Jesus Christ, how they're called to live. And he talks to us this morning in that same text, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. Paul says, The human body has many parts, But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Church, we are called to be in community together, to journey together, to be a part of this world, telling that message of Jesus Christ together. The Apostle John takes Luke chapter 12 and revisions it for his letter in 1 John toward the end of the New Testament, 1 John chapter 2. He reminds us of what it means to be found in Christ, in community. And in 1 John chapter 2, beginning of verse 15, John says, Do not love this world nor the things of it that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And we are called to be in a deep abiding relationship with God our Father through His Son Jesus Christ and be in relationship with each other, to journey together. No matter our background, no matter what baggage we bring with us, no matter what our skin color is, it doesn't matter. We're one in Christ Jesus. But when we make a decision to take the focus off that life that God's called us to, then we destroy community and we derail the mission of the church. At Crosspoint... We want to be a place of inclusive family. We, we want to be a place that is a, a come-as-you-are type family. That Jesus will take you right where you're at, but will love you enough not to leave you there. Will transform you by his Holy Spirit into a better life. It's a place where you can be real, a place where you can be long. There's always space at the table. That's how you and I are called to live. You and I are unique and different in a sundry of different ways, but we're all one in Christ Jesus, every single one of us. And so the call this morning for you and for me is that we'll live life where we're constantly pulling back chairs at the table, welcoming other people to the place where we get to sit, the place we've been invited to, to sit. At the table of God, you and I have been called to a very special life, different than the world has to offer at all. But no matter your background, no matter what your struggle, Jesus Christ loves you, and he wants you at his table. He's called you. It doesn't matter your skin color, your bank account size. It doesn't matter your nation of origin. It doesn't matter how you wear your hair. It doesn't matter what team you vote for. Come to the table. Because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. 
And now we, out of thankfulness, live a life for him. Because we know that he will make all things new in our life when we surrender to him. The call this morning is that you and I will live a generous life. We'll decide not to live in solitude, but we'll journey with those around us. Yes, even those people who make us uncomfortable. Even those people who might call us on the carpet on occasion. We're all part of one family. And that family is the family of Jesus Christ. We've all been invited to the table. As we sing this next song, church, it's, it's an invitation for you to consider where you're at in your walk. And as we sing this song, the sh- our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room. I want to encourage you, if there is something going on in your life that's preventing you from letting go and truly being a part of God's family, maybe you're holding on to something that needs to be forgiven. Maybe, maybe you need to work through some courageous moments in your life. Go seek out one of our shepherd couples and let them pray for you and over you. Let them remind you that you're not in this thing alone. We do life together. How in the world are you in your own life going to make space at the table for those you come in contact with each and every day? I know last week we had two baptisms, and I hated missing those. I'm glad Kale got to enjoy the cold water, not me. No, not true. (laughs) But maybe today, maybe you've never been baptized. And maybe today you want that Holy Spirit living in your life so you too can feel part of the family. You too can be a part of what God is doing in this world. And so the invitation is if you haven't been baptized this, uh, this year, you need to. If you haven't ever come to Jesus before, make it this year. Make it right now. Don't hesitate. I know that there are people in this audience who have not put their Lord on in baptism. And what are you waiting for? Come be a part of the family. Let his Holy Spirit wash over you, wash your sins away. You'll be a brand new creation. Start over with this group of people who desperately love Jesus Christ and you. Our hope is this morning that you won't hesitate, you won't wait. But let's stand together and praise his name.